guys would keep remaining standing, I'd like to introduce you guys to Miss Amy Stockstill. She's our speaker for the night. She is from Louisiana, but a transplant to Texas, so we'll call her a Texan since she's been here for at least longer than a couple of months. So we are awesome, and we are excited. She has a quick activity, so I want you guys to just stay so we're not doing the up and down game, accordion game. And just going to go ahead and turn it over. We, are, we were totally excited last night for what, we, what she presented, so tonight is all yours, sister. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Pastor Sherry. Hey, y'all. How's it going? I'm working on becoming Texan. My husband traded in his little SUV for a truck. And now all I have to do is get boots, cowboy boots. But I feel like it's, have y'all ever been to a cowboy store? I mean, a, I don't even know what to call that. A cowboy store? Western, Western store. <laughs> there are so many boot options. I mean, it is slightly overwhelming. They got studs on them and pink and ostrich and... Anyways, I'm working on being a Texan, but I am from Louisiana, and currently I am a public speaking coach. I train girls how to communicate the gospel, and it did not start this way, but I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey and how I got here and how that relates to you. But the very first thing that we're going to do is, as I've learned to, as I've been learning to train women communicators, I have noticed that a lot of us have something in common. We feel like we have to be very serious in order to be taken seriously. And it's really sad, you know, at the workplace, at, with your neighbors, with your community, it, sometimes we have a little bit of pressure to be very serious. And you guys are a little loose in here, so maybe not all of you are super serious. <laughs> but for the most part, women feel the need to be serious in order to be taken seriously. And I think that that is just the work of the enemy the Lord sits in the heavens and he laughs and laughter's good medicine and having fun is a part of the kingdom. So bring that back a little. So what we're going to do is real simple. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. In the first 10 seconds, all we're going to do is make silly faces. Just this. Not a silly face. This is your pretty put together selfie face. Doesn't count. I want the face that you would just die if it made its way to Facebook. Okay? Horrible. Embarrassment. You would die of embarrassment. That's the kind of faces I'm looking for. The second 10 seconds, what we're going to do is we're just going to keep those silly faces and we're going to add noises. Okay? But I'm going to go easy on you because for those first 10... In 20 seconds, you do not have to make eye contact. But the last 30 seconds, we're going to do silly faces, silly noises, and then we're going to do silly movements, and I want you to have some eye contact. Just break it down a little. Okay, y'all got it? And we're, this is only 30 seconds of your whole life. And I see people flooding out the back door because they don't want to do this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's only 30 seconds. So I say to people, if I have two spiritual gifts that did not make it into the Bible, but, I, you know, one of them is fun. If, if, spiritual, if fun was a spiritual gift, I would have it. Another one is uh, I like to change it from pushing people out of their comfort zone to pulling people out of their comfort zone. <laughs> I have the pusher gift, the pusher anointing. So we're going to just get you out of your comfort zone just a little. So y'all got it? 10 seconds of faces, 10 seconds of noises, 10 seconds of silly movements. Who feels like their table's going to win? <laughs> ah! I'm rooting for the ones with the tiara zone. I'm rooting for y'all. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready? And silly faces. All the silly faces in the world. Here come the noises, silly noises. Go, go! 
y'all can be seated. You guys are fun. I like it. I recently was at a retreat and we started off like this and they were not happy. And later they told me in their culture, having fun in church is um, disrespectful. So I thought, oh, somebody should have told me that beforehand. <laughs> but I'm glad they didn't because I, I felt like, I, I do feel like the Lord uh, lets me kind of bring a little bit of fun, a little bit of my background. My husband's been a dialysis patient for 24 years. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the clinic. I didn't even know what dialysis was before I married my husband. Um, he's hooked up, that means he has no kidneys. He's hooked up to a dialysis machine. Tonight, he was hooked up to a dialysis machine five hours a day. And it has been um, extremely, I, I entered into a whirlwind of suffering. And the Lord has used it mightily to change who I am and to set me on a course that I really wouldn't trade uh, for the world. I'm closer to the Lord than I ever have been. And I have a burden to see women fully take on the potential that they have in Christ. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. As Amanda said, we're all in a process. And it may seem to you that I'm very comfortable up here. It may seem to you that I'm very confident and that I was, a lot of people say, oh, that's just a gift that you have. You're born for the stage. But my process really started the process to my destiny, the process, the journey that I've been in to really fulfill the call of God on my life began in a bathroom stall in New York City. I was on a mission trip and every single uh, kid on the mission trip had to preach the gospel. There was about 30 of us and it was like real deal mission. I thought I was signing up. You could either go out of seas or you could go to New York. And I was like, going to New York. I'm going to give me some shopping in and I'm going to really do this thing for Jesus. And I thought that it was just going to be a cute little mission trip, but there were 40 of us in the ghetto, like scary gunshots happening all around. Scary. All, the most scary thing was all 40 of us shared one bathroom. Scary. And every single one of us had to preach at some point. And I just was real Christian-like and felt like, you know what? They'll never know if I just hide. If I just run to the bathroom every time somebody's got to go, pff, there's so many of us, they will never notice this. I thought I was just an outsmarter. Anybody feel like you can outsmart folks? You're just like a little smarter than people? Well, I was like, I am so smart. They will never know this. And then all of them were like, why do you go to the bathroom every single time it's your time to preach? I'm like, oh, you noticed that? <laughs> I didn't know you was paying attention. And there was one specific time where we were in New York City, and I had dodged speaking literally the entire time. And I was the only person who had not yet preached. So we had some dancing people around, some people that did dance moves. So they would dance, and they would gather a big crowd. And then it would be my turn to preach. And we're in Central Park. They gather these people, and I just was like, I have to go to the bathroom. It's serious this time. They're like, no, it's not. You, 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 like, you can do this. They're waiting on you. Nope. Jet to the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom stall. And as I go in, there, a, a lady, a homeless lady, had taken up residency in the handicap stall. So all of this stuff, all of the possessions that she owned were outside of the handicap stall. And there was like a clear line, like, this is my home. Do not enter. And I go in the bathroom stall, freaking out. I'm crying. And you know, when the Lord has given you an opportunity to do something and you don't do it. You know how that feels? You're like, oh, and you just beat yourself up. and Oh, you're so stupid and you're so dumb and how could you do this and everyone's waiting on you and you're such a failure. And you're, I mean, the way that we speak to ourselves is worse than the way that probably anybody has ever spoken to us in our lives. We just, we beat ourselves up. So I was in there and I knew that there was stuff all around, but I didn't know that, that the woman was actually in there. And I'm in there, and I'm saying all this stuff to myself in my head, like, oh, my gosh, everyone's going to think you're so dumb, and how could you do this, and you're such a disappointment. And then I hear this lady start talking out of her mind. And right there in that bathroom stall, the Lord spoke to me. I really, I feel like for the first time, even though I grew up in church, I never had a super connection with the Lord. I mean, I wanted to do what was right, but I didn't, I didn't feel like I knew him or could feel him or definitely couldn't hear him for sure. And right there in that bathroom stall, I heard the Lord say to me, this is what the enemy has for all of my daughters. 
He either wants you hiding in the bathroom stall, even though you have all power, all authority, the blood of Jesus covering you, you're gonna be in this bathroom stall hiding and shrinking back, or he's gonna get you so crazy down the road that you're literally speaking out of your mind. I thought, okay, I don't wanna do this, but okay, Lord, if you will speak to me, if you will have me, if you will love me, I will do whatever you want me to do. And it might be struggle bus along the way, but at least I'm gonna get on the bus, Lord. And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. Before we start, I'm gonna pray. Lord, thank you so much for every woman in this room. Thank you that they are all on a journey and that maybe it's terrifying, but it's also exciting. And I thank you, Lord, for the burden that you'll give each one of them. The call, I pray that you would make that call clear to them tonight. And I pray that we would have some fun along the way. And I want to thank Pastor Sherry for having me. This is very exciting for me. So tonight, we're going to talk about destiny. We're going to talk about what the Lord has for us. We're going to talk about purpose. Because no matter where you come from, who you are, who you're connected to, who you're not connected to, how much education you have, how much education you don't have, how much money in the bank you have, which would be awesome if we all had a bunch of money, how much money you don't have in the bank, what bills are paid, what not bills are paid, the experience you have, none of that matters in the kingdom of God. Every single person in this room, we, the playing field is equal for all of us. If the Lord can use me, the Lord can use you. If the Lord can use Mary Magdalene in the Bible, the Lord can use you. If the Lord can use Deborah in the Bible, the Lord can use you. And every single one of us has an amazing call on our life. We have purpose. We have destiny. But a lot of us feel like, sadly, in a church, we're taught that we can't be great because that's pride. Oh, you don't want you don't, don't tell anybody you're good at that. You want to be humble. And of course we want to be humble, but we have the greatest, the one and only God of the entire universe of all of history of mankind, Jesus Christ, who lives on the inside of us. Of course we're great. We don't have another option. But Jesus on the inside of us, he's not subpar. He's not mediocre. He's amazing. And he lives on the inside of you. If you've accepted Jesus, he comes on the inside. Like Pastor Sherry was saying, it's a gift. It's a free gift. And it's really up to us what we do with that gift. Les Brown, who's one of my favorite motivational speakers, says that God's gift to us is salvation. Our gift to God is what we do with our life. We all have the same opportunity. So the big question that we have is, is this okay? Is it okay to want to leave a legacy? Is it okay to want to live for more than being a soccer mom? Is it okay to, to want to do something greater and bigger than my community, than my family? And maybe none of us have seen that modeled. Maybe you look at someone up on the stage and think, I could never do that. 15 years ago, I was in a bathroom in Central Park next to a crazy lady. And here I am. Not because I'm any better than you, not because I'm any more special than you, but because I said, okay, Lord, even if I'm bad, I'm gonna, I'll get up there because this is what you've asked me to do. And we've learned along the way. And C.S. Lewis says, I love C.S. Lewis, he says, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Not too strong, but too weak. All of heaven is saying, girl, you can do this. You can step out. You can make a difference. You can make an impact. I'm, God is not waiting on, you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. He's up there. He's got the whole cheering section. Hebrews says there's a great cloud of witnesses, and they're, they're up there saying, woo, you can do this, and you can do more than I did because you have the internet. You no, know Moses is up there like, woo, you can do all kind of stuff. The, we live in a day where we literally, there's people watching on Facebook, hey guys, and they're not even here. They're probably in their PJs, in their bed. And they're watching something happen in the kingdom. You can literally impact the entire world because God chose you to be in this time and in this day. And no matter what God has for you, I'm gonna tell you that you're gonna have to use your voice to accomplish it. Oh, and we don't like that because we don't want to have to use our voice. We don't want to say something wrong. We don't want to sound stupid. We're like, oh, I can't do that. 
But just because you have to use your voice, it doesn't mean that you have to have a microphone in your hand to do it. Your microphone can become to your community. Your microphone, your stage can be the soccer moms. Your microphone, your stage can be your workplace. Whatever, wherever God has you, that can become a platform for the kingdom of God to advance. But you're going to have to use your voice to accomplish what God has for you. Even if that's sitting down and counseling one-on-one with a teenager who's going through a really hard time, that's your voice. You're using your voice. In the reading plan that I'm reading, we just were reading through Romans, and I noticed something amazing. Even to be saved, Romans 10 says, you have to believe in your heart, and then you have to what? Confess with your mouth. Even to be saved, you have to use your voice. If you want to make an impact on the world, which you do, well, I, you, you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to make an impact on the world. No, none of us just want to come through life and life is so hard. We don't want to just go through life and get to the end of the life and say, I survived. Even though sometimes it feels like, can I make it till tomorrow? Lord Jesus, help me. But you want to get to the end of your life and be like, oh, I had no idea God could accomplish all that through me. I had no idea. Ephesians 3.20 says, no, I can see. You don't even, you can't even imagine the amazing things that God has for you. It doesn't matter how old you are, and it doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried and failed, and it doesn't matter how many times you've wanted to try and not tried. You can start where you are today and make an amazing impact for the kingdom of God. And as I was praying for you guys, I felt like the Lord told me to tell you guys that heaven gives you full permission. Not just a little bit of permission. Not just a tiny bit, oh, well, you can do this. You know, when I was growing up, we would just bug my mom until she gave in. Anybody have kids that are like unrelenting? Like, mom, can I go to my friend's house? No. Mom, are you sure? Can I, she, I mean, we're best friends, and her mom is really cool, and we won't get in any trouble, and I'll eat there, too, so you don't have to feed me. And we come up with all kind of creative ways to get our, our parents to say yes. And then she'll go, well, you can go, but only for an hour. Okay, okay. An hour later, Mom, I'm already here. Do you think I can just stay the night? She's like, child, I will drown this phone in the time you call me one more time. And we just push and we push to get just a measure of permission. And this is what I did all along my speaking journey when I felt like the Lord, sometimes for me, I don't know for you guys, the Lord kind of deals with me in a way where he doesn't give me a choice. He's not like, oh, Amy, would you like to do this? And I'm like, God, I don't really think so. He's like, okay, I've just wanted to see if you want it to or not. He's like, child, I didn't give you no, I didn't ask you, get out there and do it. So along my speaking journey, there's been times where I could not wait to get off of the stage because it was so terrible. I'm like, oh, these poor people in the audience, Jesus, help them. Heal them, Lord. Heal their, heal their ears. That was awful. But when the Lord calls you to something, you've got to just keep at it. And he's not giving you just a little bit of permission. He's not giving you a little tiny bit of permission that says, okay, sister, you can go this far, but that's, a, that's enough greatness for you. That's it. No, he's saying full permission to move beyond where your family's gone, full permission to move beyond what you think that you can do, full permission for other people and how they think you should live out your life. People-pleasing is a plague, especially with social media these days. We want everyone to think that we're doing everything that's right. So then we're a chameleon because we don't know if this person wants me to do what this person does, and so it's all confusing. Heaven is saying full permission. The thing about the Lord is that there are no boxes. We put him in boxes, but he doesn't put us in a box. And he's saying ministry, purpose, calling, destiny. It looks 8 billion different ways because that's how many people are on the planet. It doesn't have to look like anybody else in the room. And if you're wondering, okay, 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 so I have a purpose, I have a calling, I don't really know what that means. This phrase the Lord gave me that you can write down if you'd like, it says, desire from the Holy Spirit comes in the package of a burden. 
You're like, I'm not really sure what I want to do. I'm not, I'm not really sure how I can make an impact and how I can make a difference. And you make it sound so easy. The Holy Spirit packages what he wants you to do in the form of a burden. What does that mean, Amy? What do you stay up at night thinking about? What just drives you absolutely nuts? Maybe you go in somebody's house and it's like they, their shoes are everywhere and they can't ever find their keys and they're never on time and it's like a hot mess. You know, you can minister to people by helping them organize their life. Truly. I need that ministry if you would like to come to my house. It can look different. I, was, I had to shimmy around some of these tables to go to the bathroom. And the, the table leaders, can I just give y'all a shout out? Way to go. Y'all's tables look amazing. I don't know what, I don't know who is the table leader over here, but I want that gift of hospitality to make that thing in the center. I'd like that at my house. So if you want to gift that for Christmas, put that out there. This is a ministry. Hospitality is a ministry. Actually, in the Bible, hospitality was an extremely high value. Ministry can look however, whatever's in your heart. Maybe you have been a single mom, and it was just hard. Maybe it's still hard. And you see all these women coming after you that really could use a lot of help. Or maybe you're a married, maybe you have a, a husband, and you're still like, Woo, these kids coming up after us. They don't know how to do nothing. I got to help them. I got to spank their children. They don't, we got to help them. I've been in many restaurants where I'm like, I'm going to give you five more minutes. And then we're going to work this out together in the bathroom. No, we need help. I still feel, I'm considering myself in the younger generation, I need to know how to be a wife because I'm strong-willed. I need someone to tell me this is how you love your husband and disagree with him, and this is also how you get your way. That would be, <laughs> anybody's got any tips about that? But there are, there are women who need help. There are kids who need help. There's teens who need help. Maybe you have a heart for people that have been to prison or that are currently in prison or nursing homes. My mom has worked in a nursing home a whole life, and she has such a way with the women at the nursing home. It's amazing. Or little children, like the kids' ministry, or teaching kids to read, or helping people get out of poverty. I believe there's women in this room that are super business savvy. That could help other women say, hey, I know you are super struggling to feed your family. Let me teach you how to have your own business. And let's grow that thing to a multi-million dollar company. There's women in this room that are businesswomen, that are entrepreneurs, that are way makers, that are pioneers. There's women in this room that can literally go into the government and change laws on our behalf. There's women in this room that can change a whole nation. There's women in this room that have a gift to go overseas and teach people. There's teachers in this room, moms in this room. I know at our table we have a lot of amazing dental hygienist people. There's probably a better word for that. But dentist? Oh, okay. So there, there's, there's people out there that can help some people's teeth out, and we do need that. In Louisiana, we have parishes, and I come from the, a parish called Livingston Parish. Everybody just calls it LP. And we are known for no education and no teeth. So this is part of my problem when I was coming up through my speaking journey. I'm like, but the town that I come from is known for people who are ignorant. So I had that mindset of like, well, I'm, I just come from LP Parish. Like, I, I can't do anything great for God. I'm not smart enough. I literally cannot understand math if someone held a gun to my head. I had to take remedial math twice to get into college. I'm like, people, I have a calculator on my phone. I will never use this. Just pass me, please. I mean, I spent $10,000 failing math. But you don't have to be some brilliant person to make a difference for God. But if you are brilliant, way to go. <laughs> Cheering you on, sister. <laughs> We're not jealous either. <laughs> we, we need some amazing, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Jordan Peterson. If you haven't, he is a brilliant mind. 
and he stood up for a free speech when they were trying to, to uh, make the pronoun thing happen where you had to ask people if they wanted to be called a he or a she or a they or a him or a very confusing. This is the time that we live in. But God used his voice. He was, he was a professor for years and years and years and years and years. And then he made one YouTube video and stood up against this and said, no, we've got to be able to, to have free speech. And he went viral. And now millions and millions, he's the most watched person on YouTube. And God raised him up completely out of nowhere. And he is using his voice to touch people that would never, ever, ever step foot in a church because his mind is brilliant and God is using him. But you don't have to be brilliant to be used by God. All you want to know what the prereq is? Willingness. That's it. Not your family, not your background, not your education, not the the amount of money you have in your wallet. Willingness. Show up and stay. That's what Mary did at the tomb. She beat all the dudes there. She was there. She showed up. And then Jesus showed up to her because she stayed. You read that in John. It says that John and Peter came. They looked in the tomb. They saw he wasn't there. And then verse 10 says, and then they went home. They went home and they didn't get to see Jesus. He showed up to Mary. Why? Because she stayed. She showed up and then she stayed. And that's been my journey. I'm showing up. Whew, it's terrible. They have never asked me back. Those first few years I started speaking, they're like, this girl cannot speak. Never been back to those places. But here I am, doing what I can, wanting to improve, want, saying, Lord, it's not about me. And a lot of times, this, I'm going to say something hard to you. A lot of times, in order for us to make it to our full potential, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to get over what people are going to think. We've got to get over what people are going to say. We've got to get over what we're afraid of. We've got to get out of our comfort zone and make some silly faces. We've got to step over our insecurities. We've got to step over our background. Well, Amy, you don't know what I've been through. And I don't, but Jesus does. And yet still he says, yep, you're the one I want to use. And not like I'm going to use her because what I'm doing with her doesn't matter. What I'm going to do with you is what matters to you. Man, because we can get all in com the comparison game and say, well, I can't do what she can't. I can't do what she can do, so I can't do anything. Yeah, but she can't do what you can do. And there's women out there I will never meet in my whole entire life that wouldn't give me the time of day. Oh, but they love you because you've listened to them. That's one of the biggest ministries and one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do, especially if you're a preacher. Listening is not in my top strength, but I'm working on it. Some of you guys are amazing listeners. And all people want these days, a lot of times, is just for someone to care and for someone to listen to them. And what we do sometimes is we underestimate the gifts that God has given us. We say, oh, but that doesn't really matter. Anybody can do that. Ah, oh, that doesn't really matter. That's not a gift that people notice. But you don't have to be noticed in order to make a massive impact for the kingdom of God. It doesn't have to be public. It doesn't have to be on a stage. Because the crowns in heaven that you will get to, fall, to, to put at the feet of Jesus, they look just like my crowns. It's not a competition. It's just about you doing what you can do for the Lord. And there's four different ways I'm going to give you straight from Scripture about how you can release your burden. You know, the, the burden is really what's going to drive you. Because when you start going, I promise you, when you start going after your calling, you're going to hit some roadblocks. You're going to want to quit. It's going to feel too much, too hard, too fast. I don't want to. I don't want to. But it's worth it. Your burden is what's going to get you out of bed at night. Your burden is what's going to get you through the storm because the storm's going to come. If you're not in the storm, the storm's coming. If you're in the storm, you're going you're gonna to get past it. Because life is hard, but the burden is what gets you through the storm. The burden is what keeps you off of drugs. The burden is what helps you not go into that relationship that you shouldn't be in because your eyes are set on the prize. And this was Jesus. You know, tonight, the table leaders, they had a burden to see you come and experience the love of Jesus. 
That's why they created these amazing, gorgeous, beautiful tables for you. You are their burden. You're their calling. You're their friend. They love you. They're giving their life. They're giving their time for you. And Jesus did that. You and I were the burden of Christ. He left heaven, which was gorgeous and perfect and beautiful and amazing. We can't even imagine what heaven's like. And he got himself in a dirty, old, ugly body. And he came to earth because the joy set before him, which was us, he endured the cross. You are the burden of Jesus, and you were worth it. And there's a burden that he wants to give you that's not about you. And you're going to have to get over yourself and get on the right path. And there's four ways that you can release your burden, even if you don't know how. Les Brown says, when your why is big enough, you will find your how. When your why is big enough, you will find your how. Craig Rochelle, who is a leadership guru, excuse me, he says that he's talking about uh, marriage relationships, but he says, you know, when your husband comes to you with like the 15th idea of the day, that really makes no sense. Instead of saying how, just say wow. Wow, what a great idea. Wow, no one else has ever thought of that. It's just on the shelf at every Walmart in town. Wow, oh, you're so dreamy. You're just my favorite. Wow, just wowed. And I really got to work on that because I'm like, look, how are you going to do that? What team's going to help you do that? Where's the money going to come from? How long is it going to take you? How many ideas are you going to do? And my husband's like, could you just say the word wow? It's just three letters. Just, just wow. This is what we do with our own calling, though. God says, hey, I want you to do this. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's impossible. How am I ever going to do that? I don't even know how to do that. God's like, but I look at you and I look at your purpose and I look at your destiny, I look at your calling because God gave you the gifts that you have. So he's not surprised at them. He handpicked those gifts to put inside of you in your mother's womb. He handpicked the talents. He handpicked your personality. He handpicked the way that you think and the way that you process information. He handpicked all that and said, ooh, all of this together would go perfect in her. And no one else is going to be like her wow, and the things that she's going to do. Wow, I'm so excited to see what, what happens here. Wow, she's going to make a such great, a great impact. And we say, why, why, how, how, how? And Les Brown says, if your why is big enough, you will figure out how. And you'll just step out there. Just be like, whoo, your feet might be shaking, but you'll just take the step anyway. There's four ways that you can release your burden, and this is straight out of Scripture. This is Psalm 96, verse 2 and 3, and I'm reading from the NLT. It says, sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day, proclaim the good news that he saves, publish his glorious deeds among the nation, and tell everyone about the amazing things he does. This is four ways to use your voice. If you notice, all of of these, sing, proclaim, publish, and tell, all of these happen through our voice. You've got to use your voice to fulfill your destiny. And we'll go right through this. The first thing that you can do to unleash your burden to fulfill your destiny is you can sing. Amanda did an amazing job tonight. She's an amazing voice for God. But you know, you don't really have to sing awesome to sing. I have kind of a deadly combination. Terrible singer and real loud. Everyone's like, oh, God, just, just, I cannot carry a tune in a bucket. I do not understand music. I don't get it. I, I was fascinated that you can play and talk at the same time. I cannot clap and talk at the same time. I'll be clapping way off beat. And my husband like tries to tell me something. I'm like, no, I'm focused. Let me, let me just clap. You know, the Bible says that God sings songs of deliverance over us. You can sing, even if you don't have a voice, you can, you, a great voice, you can write music. Your singing can impact. I'm going to tell you a quick story. There was a man, an older man. He lost his wife. He didn't have kids. And he felt like he had no purpose. So he reached out to a hospital in his area. And he started working with the kids that were born premature. And that were born um, from mothers who were on drugs. So they were, what's the word when you're getting off drugs? Detoxing. 
Yeah, they were detoxing these little tiny babies, which is heartbreaking, but they were detoxing. So he decided he would go to the hospitals and he would uh, cuddle those little babies while they were detoxing and he would sing songs over them. What an amazing ministry. And he went from just hopeless to totally full of purpose. And not only did it fill him up, but here I am talking about it to a room full of amazing women and what purpose that infuses into other people. So you can sing over people or you can proclaim. Anna says in the Bible of her in Luke, it says that she had been widowed for 84 years and she spent all of her time in the temple. 84 years is a long time. But this tells us that it doesn't matter how old you are. Because the, the enemy will tell us you're too old until he tells us you're too young. And you're too young until you're too old. All the time. He'll just, he'll just swap it out until we literally do nothing for the Lord. But Anna was in the temple every day. And she was praying for the kingdom to come. And when Mary and Joseph walked in with baby Jesus, she knew that it was Jesus. And she proclaimed that he was the Messiah that everybody had been waiting for. She used her voice to proclaim the Messiah to proclaim the goodness of God. And you can do that. She didn't have a microphone in the temple, but she still proclaimed the goodness of God. And you can use your voice to do that. The third thing is publish. In John 19, 35, John says, I write the truth so that you might believe also. Not I write the truth so I can get a lot of likes on Instagram. I write the truth so I can get on the New York bestseller list. Not I write the truth so everyone can know my name. It's John. No, I write the truth so that others might believe also. And this is why we give our life. We give our life so that others might believe also. We pursue a burden so that others might believe also. We get out of our own way so that others might believe also. Believe what? That Jesus came and saved them. That Jesus removed our sin as far as, as the east is from the west. That Jesus can heal us and make us whole here on earth. That we don't have to wait to get to heaven to be wonderful and to love our life. We do all of this so that others might believe also. You keep going in your journey no matter where you are. You might be in the bathroom stall today. And that's okay. I'm saying I've been there. But don't, don't take up residency in the handicapped stall of the bathroom. Get out. Make your way out. Or maybe, maybe you're in the middle of your journey. Or maybe, maybe you're like, girl, I am so far down the journey, you don't even know. Well, awesome. If you're super far on your journey, then reach back and pull somebody else up with you. Wherever you are on your journey, you can be used of God. And this is just a way to publish. There's some of you guys in here that there's curriculum on the inside of you. There's books on the inside of you. There's blogs on the inside of you. And you don't, a lot of times we don't know what's in there until we step out. And we want it to be opposite. We want God to make it super clear and then we'll step out. That's not how it works. Peter had to step out of the boat on water. Water. Like, Nobody walks on water except for Jesus, who did it like three seconds before he did. God did not make the water solid, and then Peter stepped out. Peter hoisted his leg up over the side of the boat and stepped out on the water that is fluid, liquid water. This is what we're going to have to do. It's not solid ground. We want it to be easy, and we want it to be solid, Gosh, but it's not. But it's so worth it. And it's very exciting. The adventure, the journey, the process with God is very exciting if you have the right mindset. And so the last way that you can unleash a burden is to be a personal witness. The Bible says, tell everyone about the amazing things he has done. And maybe you feel like, I don't have a testimony. But you're here and somebody loved your crazy tail to bring you up in this church and give you a nice dinner, that's a testimony in itself. You do have a testimony. You made it. Your family is cray-cray, and you are still here. <laughs> Woo! We all have a testimony of the amazing things that God has done. Your child is wild, and you have not killed him. 
That's a testimony. Your boss is overbearing and manipulative and super hard to work with. And you still love her or him. That's a testimony. We don't give ourselves enough credit for what God is already doing in us. You sitting at this table probably have hundreds of testimonies. If you would just write a few down and share with your friend, let me just tell you about what God's done for me. Let me tell you about the amazing friends that God has kept in my life, even though I haven't been that great of a friend. Let me tell you about the amazing way that God provided when I had no money and even was not a great steward of the money that I did have. These are testimonies, and you can use your voice to tell your neighbor, hey, I've noticed that there's some things going on at your house. I just want to say, is there any way I can help you? I just want to knock on your door and bring some Christmas presents to your kids. These are amazing ways that you can reach out and tell of the goodness of God. And your desire to be great, to make the kingdom of God great, to make the name of Jesus great, that's a good desire. For you to get to the end of your life and want to leave a legacy, that's a good, healthy, godly desire. For you, for you to want people to know that you came this way, who will know that you were even on earth? For you, for you to want your children to be greater than you are and to do greater things than you, this is good. This is godly. And we're going to go into a little bit of prayer. But what I want you to know is that when the Holy Spirit comes and breathes on us, we can soar. But without him, all, we, we shrink back. There's women in this room that God has given you an amazing idea. I believe in this room there's, there's women who have inventions on the inside of you that can change people's lives and also bring in a ton of money into the kingdom of God. I believe there's millionaires in this room. And maybe you're like, I don't even know an, an, a thousander. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> How in the world? I, don't, I can't even fathom a million dollars. But there's millions of dollars in this room. There's tons of influence in this room. There's curriculum, there's books, there's songs that are going to go around the world in this room. But you have got to open yourself up to it and say, okay, I'm going to get out of my way. So we're going to do just a few, a few prayers. Because whatever's in your heart, it's possible. I want you to know it's possible. You have everything you need. The Bible says that you've been given everything you need to live a godly life. You have everything you need. And if you don't, God will bring a person in your life to teach you what you need. And now we have the internet. I Google and YouTube everything. I just learned two extremely hard programs because of YouTube. I didn't know how to do it. I had to do it. I didn't know anybody else that could do it. So I just learned. It was really hard, but you can do it. So I'm going to pray. I'm just going to get you to close your eyes. And we're going to do just a few prayers here. So maybe you're like, okay, Amy, I hear you. Purpose, calling, destiny, that's all great and wonderful. And, but, but, like, what do I do next? So I'm going to pray a few different times. The first time, I'm going to ask if you maybe have never had a God dream, a God idea, a God notion, a, a knowing, a burden, something that keeps you up at night or something that you really care about, something that you want to fix, a problem that you see could be solved if you just put your hand to it. I'm just going to ask you to be bold and just put your hand up. If you have not, not had a God idea and you're not sure where to start, you're not sure what to do with your life, okay, I see your hands. Lord, I pray that you would unleash godly ideas in this room. Ideas that they've never thought about. Ideas that they never dreamed about. Ideas that they don't even know if they can accomplish. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, who is the most creative being there is, I pray that you would give them creative ideas. I pray that you would give them ideas that they can't even fathom, God. Dreams, visions, burden. That you would make it clear to them what it is their purpose on life is God. I even see that the Lord is going to give ideas to you that actually involve your entire family. That maybe you haven't stepped out because you're like, oh, I just, I'm not sure what to do. But I believe the Lord's going to give family ideas. 
even ideas that are going to bring together and going to restore broken families, broken homes. God's going to give you ideas that bring people together. That's the, the word that I get, ideas that are going to bring people together, the spirit of a gatherer. Lord, I pray that new ideas, fresh ideas, ideas the world has never seen, Lord, I pray that they would come out from this evening. Maybe some of you have had a God idea and you felt like you stepped out and you gave it your all and it failed. And you are so afraid to step out again because you don't want to look like a fool or it was too hard or you're, you're still so heartbroken because you really felt like that was a God idea or God dream. You really felt like that was the purpose that he had for you. I'm going to get you to raise your hands. Okay. I thank you, God, for every woman in this room. And I speak the truth over them that you are not disappointed in them. I thank you, Lord, that your love for them doesn't falter. It doesn't change. You don't take it away based on their performance. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one that gives ideas. And I pray that you would give them fresh strength to try again. Fresh strength to step out of the boat one more time. And I thank you, Lord, that the people who succeed the most are the ones who failed the most. So I pray that you would put a special favor on them, a special anointing on them to try again and to persevere even when they're heartbroken. I pray that you would mend hearts in here tonight, that women would be able to step into the purpose and the calling that you have for them. Another one that maybe, maybe you have an idea and you've expressed it to someone and they've shot it down. You've been so stoked about this idea, about this dream, about this calling. And then you told someone that you trusted and they said, you can't do that. What are you thinking? You just be happy doing this. If someone spoke negative over you, or maybe you've spoke negative over you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Yeah. Tons. Tons. This is the work of the enemy. God, I cancel every lie from the pit of hell that has spoken over these amazing women and told them that they can't, that they shouldn't, that they won't, that no one will come on board with them, that no one will do it, that this is a terrible idea. Even, even spoken over who you are and your identity, that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not likable enough. I cancel those lies in the name of Jesus. I thank you that a new confidence will spring up in them. I thank you that they will, that you would attune their ears to your voice and that you would be the loudest voice in their ears that says, yes, you can. Yes, you will. You will be successful. You will accomplish everything that I have for you. You will live up to your full potential. I pray that an encouraging and an affirmative voice from heaven would be loud, would ring, would echo in their ears and would drown out every lie of the enemy. We call you out, devil, and we say you are a liar. You are the father of lies. And we have a father in heaven who loves us and who affirms us. The last one I'll do is maybe, maybe you're the type who just has a million bajillion ideas and you don't know where to go. You don't know what direction to go in. You're all confused and it, you're paralyzed because you have so many ideas. I'm gonna get you to raise your hand. Awesome, I see you guys, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you're the one that makes a way through the Red Sea. You're the one that makes a way through the roaring waves and the wind and it's all confusing and scary. All it took for Moses was to put that staff in the ground and the seas parted. Lord, I thank you, God. I pray that they would put the staff, that they would put the wood of the cross in confusion, that they would put the wood of the cross in where they're paralyzed and that the waters would part, that the waters of confusion would part, that the waters of misunderstanding would part, that the waters of, I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do, I pray that they would part and they would be able to walk across the thing that has held them back from the promised land. That they would walk across on dry land and that they would look around and be amazed at the walls of water that used to hold them back. I pray over their mind. I pray peace over their mind. 
I pray hope for the future over their mind. I pray exciting new ideas and partnerships over them in the name of Jesus. And maybe some of you are like, I don't have any, I don't have any God ideas. I'm not sure what I want to do. And, but you don't know Jesus. And you haven't accepted him into your heart yet. And we're going to end by just giving you the opportunity to accept Jesus, our Lord and Savior. The one who hands out purpose and hands out destiny in the first place. We're going to give you an opportunity to just say, Lord, I don't know everything. <laughs> But I know I need you. I know I want you. I know that there's something bigger. And I want to start this journey. I want to start this process of becoming who I'm supposed to become with you first. So if, you, if you've never made a commitment to Jesus, or maybe you have, but you're, you're not where you want to be with Jesus, I'm going to get you to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. Maybe you're not sure what it means to serve the Lord. And it just means you just come to him who you are. And you let him speak life over you. Lord, I thank you for every woman in this room, God. I thank you that they are your daughters no matter what. I thank you that you loved every single one of us to come down to die and to be raised again. And now you're seated at the right hand of your Father and you're interceding for us daily. I thank you for every woman, God, who wants to make a commitment to you, who wants to start afresh with you, Lord. I thank you that they are washed white as snow by the blood of your son, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that they are welcomed into the family of God. And now they have endless sisters and brothers that you put the lonely in families. And tonight I pray over every single woman that this message from heaven would stir them up. That it would not intimidate them, that it would not scare them, but it would stir them up with excitement. And even as they go on into their busy, crazy lives, especially with the holidays, that you would begin to stir something up in their hearts. That they would, that you would restore the sparkle to their eyes, no matter how old they are, no matter how young they are. And I pray that they would know, no matter their age, they are needed. That their voice is needed. We thank you for the honor and the privilege to gather in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. You're an awesome audience.